0: to the Her Story Speaks podcast. I'm Andrea Miller, and I thank you for joining me for this bonus episode. My guest today is a woman I have welcomed to the podcast several times because I believe Marcy Walker is truly a gift when she shares her voice and wisdom, and we choose to listen. I first met Marcy when she joined me last year on the podcast to share her story. And you can find that link to our first conversation in the show notes on today's episode. Since we first spoke, Marcy and I have become friends and she is a woman I truly admire and love. She has graciously agreed to come back on the podcast with me several times for some honest and real conversations on racism, history, and current events. Today's episode is no exception. In fact, I think it's one of the most raw and honest conversations we've had to date. Marcy vulnerably shares why she's not okay and why none of us should be okay with the current state of affairs in this country. And most importantly, she talks about how we should not be okay with the way the church is reacting to racism in this country. In her typical fashion, Marcy shares some hard truths backed by scripture and love that cause us to really take a closer look and examine our own actions and beliefs. If you have yet to be woken up by the need to address racism in this country, I hope our conversation serves as a catalyst for your own awakening or inspires you not to be complacent anymore. Marcy, welcome back for the, I don't know, 100th time to the history <laughs> Podcast. I know, I know. Oh, I... Know <laughs> and I we, we've had a little pre recorded chat here that I just am thankful for you and your voice always and I I really am just grateful that you're willing to just come on and tell tell these hard truths and your your views and how you're seeing things. And I think it's just so important that we listen and people are listening to you, Marcy, and that's one of the reasons I asked you to come back. So I was looking I shared with you in that text, like I was looking at numbers. So we recorded a show in May that got I think it had almost 8,000 listeners, Marcy, 8,000 people. So that's why I I messaged you and I'm like, people are listening, Marcy, like all this that's going on, like, do you want to talk again? And so I'm grateful that you are and I'm grateful people are listening. And when we recorded in May, I was just looking at like what the timeline of things. That was right after um, George Floyd's death. Right. And so I'm sure that's why a lot of people were listening because right then people were getting like, Yeah, riled up like we need to listen to black voices and then things have started trickling down not listening as much but the deaths of black people have not trickled down they're actually going up and so yeah I've checked in with you to see how you're doing and last week you said well I'm you're you're not okay and other people shouldn't be okay either yeah and so I said that's what that's what we need to talk about like you're not okay and why everybody else shouldn't be okay yeah So where do you want to start with that, Marcy? Like, I don't even, I don't, I don't know.
1: I think for me, um, I want to start with Rihanna Taylor. I can't express how concerning it is that any citizen um, can be at home and in their bed sleeping and wake up to such a, a horrific murder, yeah. and there no one be charged for that, no one, no one the murderer, the bullet that hit her, the person who shot the bullet, not be charged in that. I can't fathom any American citizen who is not concerned about that, yeah, yeah, because yes, this is a this is a black woman. And for anyone who is who isn't black, maybe maybe they're thinking, well that that's she was this and she was that. But she wasn't. Right. She was uh, she was just a, a, a person living her life, an average American citizen yeah. living a young woman living her life and that that's what she was. And the police came to her and entered her world. Yeah. Um and killed her. And I think this isn't about police officers. Like, I've I've thought about this a lot. I think the idea that we would allow, that we would give them the task of discerning what is dangerous and what is safe is more than any human being should bear. I don't think that police officers should have to bear that responsibility. Right. I don't feel that police officers should have to feel that they are going into war when they are going into work. And I feel that the culture that a lot of police, police officers are unfortunately in has become that. And I don't think it's fair to them either. So when we say Black Lives Matter, we are speaking for the whole of this country, because until the least life matters, and the truth of the matter is that the most marginalized in this country are women, women of color, immigrant women who don't speak English, that's another huge trans women. So when the the least of these, as we like to speak in the Bible, are trampled upon, Legally, <laughs> yeah. What we're doing is we are we are um, making also the lives of the oppressor not matter, if that makes sense. So no one's life matters. Mm-hmm. No one's life matters because to kill someone, you don't just go and live your life and another day done. I I truly believe that if we are all connected to this one image of God, this 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 multifaceted sparkling image of God, anyone who takes away from that image is also dimming their own light. So we we are losing as a society when we just shrug our shoulders and and I know people haven't just shrugged shrugged their sh- shoulders. I know a lot of people have are still out there protesting but it's going to take more than our protest. It's going to take more than voting. It's going to take more than prayer. It's going to take a heck of a lot more. It's going to take courage and bravery and losing. And I think that's the thing that I think this country is very afraid to do, is to lose something in order to gain more. Well, if we we lose this, then then what will happen? You'll probably gain more because you're losing something that you were never meant to have. Right. No one ever was meant to have that kind
0: of power. Right. If we defund or reform the police, not even fully defund, mm-hmm. reform or allocate funds differently. Well, we're going to lose all that. Well, no, that's a fear that we have. Like that's something that yeah. we're going to have to be okay with. And when you said like, right. when you caught yourself and said some people aren't caring, I mean, you weren't saying people aren't caring. I mean, I still care, but if I'm being honest, it's a lot easier. And this is what I want to dive into a little bit with you and hear you as a black woman, black mom of a black daughter. Yeah. Cause I still care. I still care about justice. I still want to do my part But it's a lot easier as a white woman of a white daughter not to care yeah so i want to hear from you like when you heard that ruling in late september that the officers were off free for her murder like just how do how do you how do you feel with a black daughter like i just i do have so much empathy but i that it just makes me cry thinking about how you must feel but i don't know exactly because i can't never been obviously a black woman or had a black daughter you know, it makes me, it makes me. It
1: brings, it makes me want to cry now because okay. it makes me feel um, I'm not just a Black mom of a Black daughter. I'm also the Black auntie of yeah. Black nephews and Black nieces. Yes. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Black sister to another, to other Black sisters. I am who don't live in communities like mine. Yeah. That they, you know, so I, I it makes me feel i'm trying to find a word that we haven't said because we said them all you know (laughs) i'm seeing unheard vulnerable all of those words yeah but uh, erased it also it makes me really angry Mm -hmm. and outraged because I, i i'm just dumbfounded that that we are still here after all the protests. After all, that we are still here and it's still continuing. It feels like it's increased. I just think yeah. we're more aware. I don't think it's increased at all. I think I think we. I think there are probably so many daughters that are never um, named. We don't know their yes. names. We can't say their names. It's it's happened um, long ago. I think of all the missing daughters. Um, The stats are that um, African-American women are overwhelmingly, when they go missing, they go missing. Um, No one's one's looking for them. We have to remember, we sounded the alarm long ago. We sounded the alarm of the danger of not protecting Black women when thousands of Nigerian girls were taken. Yeah, yeah. That's... Not undone. Yeah. Some came home, but many never came home. Yeah. And what did they come home as? And what, what have they become? I don't know. It's that long ago. That happened. And no one went looking for them. I just, there's this um, there are these texts in the Bible called texts of terror. And there are all the texts that are really difficult. The 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 brutal texts are in the Bible when when something um when you're just like wow that was harsh mm-hmm. sort of thing. there are several that involve women and there's one story in the Bible it's in the old testament I can look it up later and tell you guys where but there is a girl and she is the um I guess she's a slave I, I i think is what she is she's the concubine of a man she she is she belongs to someone she's not his wife she is she he, she's called wife but she is not his wife she is someone who for whatever reason has been sold to this man and she tries to leave him goes home to her father and her father basically gives her back to the man Mm -hmm. and then the man goes takes her away from her home and probably so she can't keep going back to her father takes her away from her home and they stay the night at another man's house who also has a he has a daughter now I don't know if it's truly his daughter or another kept woman, but he has a woman there, and it's his daughter, he says. And some men come to the door. Townsmen, a mob comes to the door, and they demand that the man come out. That they 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 don't like this 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 trespasser coming into their town. Um, and it's just like Sodom and Gomorrah, where where you know the story of Lot, where they're demanding and one of the ways that they would um, brutalize someone was to rape them, male or female. This isn't people, uh, we've taken that text to mean that, oh, well, homosexuality is that people, no. These weren't men who were looking for a date. They were looking to destroy, humiliate, and denigrate. And so they show up on the store And the man who has a daughter is like, I'm not gonna throw out my daughter. I love my daughter. They can't have her. What ends up happening is they throw out the girl who is, belongs to this man. And they rape this girl all night long. They rape her all night long. And she crawls back to the doorstep of, in the morning, she crawls back to the doorstep. And just as she's reaching the door, she dies. And the man comes out and he takes her body and he cuts it up into 12 pieces and he sends a piece of her body to each of the 12 tribes. I feel like the bodies of black women have been sent out to the 12 tribes since the beginning and no one will call a meeting to address it. That's what I feel. I feel like that mangled body cut up into 12 pieces when people say, that this president is a gift from God, and not just people. That um, I don't know, but people who I love and who I know love me, and that is really difficult because um, I don't want to lose a single relationship over this man who is in office. I refuse to. I refuse to let him do that okay
0: that's just where I'm at with it I'm, I'm there too and I, I I know I mean I have the same with my sister-in-law not not talking right now yeah. because of this man that she tries to defend and I feel like yeah. he's getting another win though when we let that yeah. happen yeah. And I don't know how to balance that because going back when you said how you're feeling with Brianna Taylor and the 12 the the pieces of the woman's body like I I feel like as believers we are all connected and we should be feeling as deeply as you do exactly. right now and that's why exactly. I have cried and that's why I'm passionate about this president not being in office and that's why it's like I feel like I can't let family and friends be silent but then I also don't want to ruin relationships so, so it's here's a the, really tricky spot yeah. we're living yeah tell me what you're
1: here's the other part of it because it's for me it's not about this president it really isn't because the problem um, that all the things that have erupted because of this presidency and this, this administration. Yes, he may be the catalyst. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't create it. Right. And I am most angry because the church is still so very silent and yeah. so very careful. And I don't think that... Uh, I, I, I don't understand it for the life of me because the church is still saying that we should wait. And I'm like, okay, so when we were slaves and we would run away because we were enslaved, (laughs) um, that was wrong, the wrong way to do it. Right, right. Okay? Okay. So then we do reconstruction and we actually build ourselves up and we build communities and we thrive and we mind our own business and we serve in the country's wars. We're told, well, that's not the way to do it. And we're gonna take it all from you with you have all these riots, the the Tulsa riots, um, all kinds of riots going on, right? Destroying black progress. And the church says, we're to wait, we're to, we're to love our neighbor, right? And then we're being hung in trees on church grounds after sermons and the church says, we are to wait, to respect God, to um, pray, as if we're not already and haven't been doing that since we entered the boat, right? And then we get to the civil rights movement and the church says, it's not the way to do it. (laughs) Respect the police, respect the law of the law of slave codes and Jim Crow. Um, Respect other people's property by not walking down their streets or on their sidewalks. And now here we are again and the church says, and and let's not even get into the eighties, but we have been saying, Uh, all along as Black people have tried to push forward for justice, tried to have communication, better communication, tried to have um, reconciliation, to reconcile to what we've never had it, but for lack of a better word, to reconcile our history to our present. Let's say that. The church has said, wait, that's not the way to do it. Let's pray. Let's sing some songs, I don't even know. But what they have not said definitively is that we will not put up with the tyranny on black life. We will not have it. And we apologize for our silence and for our um, indifference to the suffering. We apologize that we said that you can't come to this church because of your skin in the name of Jesus that you can't worship with us in the name of Jesus. We apologize on the behalf of our ancestors and this heritage that we've all inherited. Um we apologize for that and we are going to make right everything that we've done. Right, that was wrong. We're going to help fix what's been broken but what i hear the church saying is we're all christians jesus is still on the throne we need to maintain some sort of order and but when what they're not understanding is when we do maintain order we get shot in our homes Our, our daughters get shot in their homes my sister just recently this happened my sister called me so distraught and this is one of the reasons why you and i weren't able to have our our lively like fun chat that we just like to get together and talk but um my sister um called me my nephew was home my nephew's 26 years old he come home from work and he was home he lives with my sister in their apartment and he is an essential worker so there you go so he came home from work and he wanted to watch the game um basketball game. He was waiting for the basketball game to come, and he heard commotion outside of the apartment. He heard like a man and a woman fighting, arguing. He did not get involved because my sister has raised him not to to be fearful, basically. <laughs> yeah. um, for she fears for her son's life. and I kind of don't blame her. but it didn't matter that he stayed in his apartment. The police came, Um, my nephew unfortunately let them in, and they proceeded to antagonize him. They were like, "Where?" we heard that there was a domestic dispute. Now he's home alone. No one's there, but him, he's like, yes, I heard it was down here. They take him outside. They handcuff him. There are cop cars around. Um, they're demanding that he gives them his social security number. He said he wouldn't do it.
0: He wasn't involved
1: with this. He was he not involved at all. He heard it. And my nephew was, my nephew, my 26-year-old nephew, who, you know, he's he's not a, a big baby crying. You know, he was shaken, like truly shaken. And my sister was distraught because she knew that there had the wind just shifted, the whole story could have been different.
0: Yeah, yeah. The whole story
1: could have been different. They were searching her apartment, no warrant so that's what i mean when i'm saying yes you may feel that okay if we revamp policing what does that mean for my community if you live in a predominantly white community it probably doesn't mean a darn thing right all it means is that if there's a domestic dispute it's not just up to the cops to decipher Right. Where that's coming from and how to de escalate it. That there will be some accountability alongside that person, that they should not be responding to a domestic a reported domestic abuse with full gun power power. We need a
0: psychologist or somebody in there that's trained to diffuse situations. Exactly.
1: So we are and also someone who's not loaded who who could go into it with a calmer demeanor to help de-escalate the cops because right. yeah I would imagine you're scared of what's behind the door but once they saw what was behind the door they continued. They saw that he was by himself, you know? Yeah,
0: I'm still reeling that this is what happened, that he was handcuffed, was not involved in that dispute. And I don't know why I'm surprised because we're seeing it all the time. Mm -hmm. But I guess Mm because it's like, it happened to your nephew, Marcy. Right, right. And I was just reading before we came on to record that um, in the three months, and we would think that this, all this attention, that things would be going going down, like the police killings and shootings of black men and women. But in the three months since George Floyd's death, the racial disparity in police killings has increased. The data shows that from January to May of this year, black people were approximately three times more likely than white people to be killed by police. And from May to August 31st, they were three and a half times more likely.
1: Right. And because that's what yeah that's what happens
0: and i think
1: <sighs> what i want people to do is that a lot of times people talk about they talk about um dr king and they talk about the civil rights Peaceful, movement yeah. but you have to remember these people were beat with bats and batons and tear right. gassed and bloodied and um their houses were um set on fire Um, They were ran out of the city. We have, you have to remember that the counter protests that we don't talk about. You know, we like to see the pictures of people marching, but we don't like to see the pictures of the dogs. We don't like to see the pictures of the water hoses. We don't like to see the pictures of people bloodied, citizens bloodied, Mm -hmm. all because they wanted the right (laughs) to sit in a waiting room like any normal person Um, and not have to go through the back door. Yeah. That's what they were fighting for, all because they wanted their kid to be able to go to the school down the block and not three blocks away, all because they wanted to stay on the lunch counter. Right. So if you you are thinking that for some reason, I, I had someone who I love say that there are people on both sides, and I was heartbroken because... This is what you don't what we don't see is that people protesting is not the problem. It's never been the problem. My goodness, if you go back to the Bible, so much of what the Jews did under oppression was out and out protests. Mm-hmm. And yet we we hold them up and we as heroes. But when we see black people doing the same thing, we say, well, they're villains, they're criminals, they're, they're um, Antifa, they're this, they're that. Because we don't know what it is to seek justice. We have no idea what that looks like. We're blind to it. That's what it looks like. When King and the rest of them were seeking justice, when Harriet was rub- running and seeking justice, it didn't look like the pretty pictures that we paint. It looked like death. And the, the counterattack of that was so much more than what people were fighting for. So you have people yeah. fighting for the, for the fact that they just don't want black people to die at the hands of the police. That's what they're fighting for. We don't want black people to die when the police pull them over. In fact, we would like it that the police not pull black people over yeah. just because they're black. In fact, we would like not to have police patrolling black communities at a higher rate than white communities. All of that is so reasonable. The counter protests are white citizens on their lawn, pointing guns at people wanting the same thing that they have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or a young man getting in his car, loaded up, his mother driving him to go to a protest that's not even in his community and shoot people
0: yeah and not right. be questioned and, by the police but rather be right. thanked practically. Be thanked. And let's talk about the amount of
1: christian dollars who have raised money on his behalf. So when we talk about those things and then we say, "Oh yes, let's celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King Day." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Because we are saying that we want the peace without the protest and it it just doesn't work like that
0: and that's the message the church is generally giving
1: and that's the message the church is giving and and let's talk about jesus and protests okay so when jesus came into the world it was at a time that jews were very very oppressed under roman roman rule right um so much so that herod sent people to kill babies in hopes of killing Jesus, right? So you have that kind of tyranny happening. Um, You have the tyranny of people who can't enter the temple. So you also have the tyranny of the temple needing to please the Roman guard. So a lot of people were locked out of the temple right? Women, sick, elderly, all kinds of people could not enter the temple. That's why all, they're all around the pool, right? So when Jesus comes and he is healing people, and he is absolving them of their sins, right? He is basically the walking temple for the marginalized people. That is what he's doing. He is being what the temple should have been, what the, what the administration should have been. That's what he's being. And so when he goes to Jerusalem and he's sitting on that donkey, it was a protest yeah, you're right. of those powers that be. Mm-hmm. It was, those people came out because they were like, hallelujah, finally, right. we are gonna see justice. We are gonna see a new day. This is what it is, right? And if anyone wants to say, oh, that's not what it's about, of course it's what it's about, that's why, The leader said, get your people under control. We do not want to cause a riot. And Jesus said, you know what? This isn't just about this world. This is about the whole creation, so much so that the rocks will cry cry out for justice. They will cry out. So we, as Christians, need to get a handle on our own need for security, for safety, for uh, no, There's no time that it has ever been not okay to be a Christian in America. Has it been uncomfortable to be a Christian? Sure. But it certainly hasn't been illegal. Yeah. And so we're fighting for rights that we've never had to experience. We are, When we say we're fighting for religious rights, okay, what rights have you not had? Right, right. You're saying that I don't want to see gay people get married in my church that's not an infringement on your being able to practice your religion that's an infringement on your comfort right that's what that
0: is let's let's talk a little bit marcy i mean there's so many ways i could go on this because you're just so you were full of wisdom and can talk on anything but i want to specifically talk about black lives matter (laughs) you can black lives Mm -hmm. matter because i see when we're talking about the church i see a lot of negative reactions to that even with the church they can't yeah. say black lives matter it's a marxist like i have had so many people send me yeah. things church people that are like just because abs- we have black lives matter my daughter has on our car we have it in our front yard you know and it's like yeah. they, they are concerned with that so I want to read something that you wrote on Instagram, because I think it's one of the most powerful things. It was what I was reading my husband when we came on. And then we're going to talk about Black Lives Matter. There was a time when white people had no problem saying Black Lives Matter. They were so aware of our lives that they made signs noting that the very fact of us, that the very fact of us and posted them everywhere they use signs to keep our lives small and bound when black people asked, but don't all lives matter white people answered yes but black lives matter so much that they literally terrify us so you must drink from the well over there and enter through the door back there For decades, white people feared that black lives mattered too much and our lives might grow bigger and more meaningful than white lives. But all we've ever said was black lives matter as much as white lives, not more, not less than, but just as much. There's nothing to fear in this. That can make me tear up, Marcy, because that's all you want and that's all you're saying. And yet so many people have this fear of the Black Lives Matter movement and prominent church leaders I've heard speak against it and right i mean do you want to talk into that a little bit well
1: it's just it's history i always go back to history it and it's always been history that we can't all be equal that that is basically what that is it's saying that we can't possibly all be equal and the idea that that stirs up some sort of marxist or socialism is not new um tasha latasha morrison on her be the bridge podcast just did a beautiful podcast on this with um jamartis b and christine edmondson from dr christine edmondson from um truth stable and they talk about the history of the fear of any time that black people have sought to for equality it's been called Marxist or Dr. King was was um, accused of the same exact thing. Dr. King was accused of it. Malcolm X was accused of it. The whole civil rights movement was accused and, and likened to Marxist behavior. Integration of schools was the same thing. Same. There are signs, you can go see them. There are signs online um, that counter-protesters were, were holding as black children were entering schools at the nation capital, at their state capitals, saying that desegregation was communist, that desegregation was a socialist act, that it was Marxist. So I would say to people, what does Marxism mean to you? And what does equality mean to you? Because we are we are wanting equality, and most people, if you're going to say that, then then know exactly what it is that that you are really saying. They said the same thing of Jesus. So, um, we yeah. didn't have the words Marxist and communist, That's but true. he was a rebel. He was a troublemaker. He was against the temple. His people didn't keep the Sabbath. They didn't do all the stuff. He was eating. With the wrong people, he was um, not fasting, he was doing all the things that he wasn 't doing what the hierarchy told him to do he wasn't which is why they threw the kinds of questions that they threw at him should Should we pay taxes yeah, what happens with divorce it wasn 't that they were honestly seeking answers they trying were to trying to, yeah, they were trying to catch him saying something. I think the same word could be said. I think for Jesus, he was called blasphemous in these moments. But really, if he would have been on the side in the 60s, on the side of integration, they would have called him Marxist. You're right.
0: You're right, Marcia.
1: Or socialist. I don't know why a church would would be so- That comparison
0: is so- It's really powerful when you're comparing with, with Jesus and what he would have been called in the radical to. Yeah. I feel like that's the same with black lives. People, believers, Christians are trying to catch you in something and it's, it's-
1: They're just trying to catch you in something. And I would say, okay, let's take it to this. If black lives matter, name me all the black teachers you've had in your life. Tell yeah. me about the black pastors. What was the last black theological book that you read? Who are the translators of your Bible? Who's your doctor? Yeah. Who's your dentist? Yeah. Um, if black lives matter, Why don't we see just as much integration of white people receiving services from black professionals as we as black people do? What was the last restaurant you dined at? Who was the chef? Yes, because believe me, the fact that we were relegated to the kitchen and not allowed to sit at the counter does play a role in that job market as well. It's very hard for a black chef to have the same credibility and the same opportunities as a white chef. So that's what we mean too by black lives mattering. Name me all the people who have been shot by the police that are white who were unarmed, just unarmed, but innocent and what happened in their cases. Yes. Did that police officer go to jail? Were they removed from the job or are they still getting their pension? Yeah. So, yeah. Let's look at black education. Let's look at let's look at um, schools that are predominantly black. Yeah. Um, how how are their facilities compared to an all white school in yeah. the same neighborhood? If Black Lives Matter, how come you don't have a black person as your neighbor? I know, Marcy. You know? Yes. And, no, and, those, I are... just, and I don't mean just a one off. Oh, I yeah. mean, how how come you don't have black people? in your neighborhood. Because they
0: don't, they still don't matter in this country. And they and don't matter. It, and I didn't, I really hesitated. I really don't like as putting you as a Black woman in this position because you shouldn't have to defend it at all. I think you, though, are so good at, gracious, at talking to white people of here are the facts and here's what's real. And I think I was reiterated to bring this up again because like my daughter has a Black Lives Matter bumper sticker on her car. And this weekend, she went back to Oklahoma Bible Belt and she sent me a picture. Somebody had covered it up with duct tape. Yeah. And I just, it hit home to me again. This is the Bible Belt. These are supposed to be Jesus seeking, loving people. And I don't know who did it, but in the nerve and broad daylight that they were bothered that much that they covered up a bumper sticker. And I feel like that's what we're doing as a Christian church. We, we it, don't yes. want to cover it up. Yeah. We don't want to see that. Yeah. And we just have to keep talking about it and that it matters to keep saying it until yeah. black lives actually matter.
1: But here's the, <laughs> here's the thing that's so interesting about it is that if I put on, on my bumper sticker that I don't know Yoda's life matters right
0: <laughs> right something trivial sure
1: something trivial no one's gonna get offended right. it doesn't even matter he's not real right right but when real lives actually matter people get all upset about that I, I can't imagine myself feeling if my Asian American sisters and brothers had an Asian American matters Um, and they were being killed in the streets, right? Overwhelmingly more, um, disproportionately more. I would say, I I can't imagine saying to them, uh, covering that up with a bumper, with with duct tape. I I can't imagine that. Because first of all, we claim as Christians, one of our tenets is that we're supposed to be pro-life, for life. Well, why not Black lives? I I don't understand that. Like, Like, how can you not be for black lives mattering and how in a country situated in such racial tension from the very beginning how can you deny that we don't still have a long ways to go you may be able to say that we've come a long way but you cannot dismiss the fact that we still have a long way to go just if you look at your small little circle of influence if you look at your bookshelves the TV shows you watch, the pastors you have, the products you buy, how overwhelmingly they are they are made by white people or exploited from people of color, yeah. right, in and, and some sweat factory. So, like, when we think of that, why is that so hard for people to believe? And also, we love to say that we've come so far. We've come so far. We don't have racism anymore. But something that John Lewis said that is so scary is that we can lose any right that we currently have. Right now, they're they're trying to overturn gay marriage. Right now. So if that should happen, right? Um, what else can be overturned? I will tell you right now, as much as people may not wanna hear it, um, our president does not care about black lives. He doesn't care about life, period but he especially doesn't care about black lives, that any president would see George Floyd's death or any of the numerous deaths that have been filmed recently under his watch and only respond with resistance no compromise uh, that is not a good precedent. there have been other racist presidents who at least understood that this is a problem and i have to address it right for the sake of even even um lbj who was not like uh <laughs> was far from someone who loved black people i mean he said he- some of the worst things behind closed doors about black people was like well i am not going to go out as being that president who did nothing for civil rights right right
0: so they at least knew how to act like presidential i guess i mean and unite yeah, a well, little I bit i mean i don't even uh, know well, it's like what we have now is, is some pretty
1: <sighs> i mean eisenhower said that that about integrating schools that yeah. you know he sympathized with the segregationists because he said well they just don't want Their children going, their daughters having to sit next to some big, big hairy Negro or something like that, something to that effect. But he passed the, the, he he signed the bills because he wanted peace and order, and he knew he wasn't going to get it unless he did. But what we have is a president who doesn't care about peace and order. He cares about power, strength, domination, and that's what he cares about. So. Um, he's not going to compromise, right. is what he feels it is. He feels like he's already given yeah. enough to black people. Yeah,
0: yeah, you're right. I mean, he says it all the time that he's done he more. He says it
1: all the time.
0: And white people believe that. I have white people tell me that. And yeah. family that tell me that. And I it blows yeah. my mind that they believe the lies of that man. And that's well, what I think. Well, it's not
1: just the lies of that man. Unfortunately, they also believe the lies of the black people who he has associated himself with and all i can say dear white people is you know that you have family members and celebrities you have white celebrities family members who you will say that person does not speak for me it is the same in the black community yes of course there are people there are black supporters of trump that does not mean that therefore he's not racist and a right. problem. <laughs> I
0: want you to say just, this because yeah. that, I mean,
1: it, yes. it's It's ludicrous. It's in the same way that, you know, a misogynist can get married very good <laughs> you know yes. they can find a wife and get married right
0: that says he's a great happens, guy I love him
1: mm-hmm. happens all the time That's very, good. very so good point the fact that we're just like oh well if he has a black friend that solves it no 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 no, no. um it's not about his French, it's about what what does he say and do that benefits black people. And if you can't name those things, if you cannot tell me what those things are, um, because black people are dying at higher numbers and higher rates of COVID than any other group, black people and people of Latin um, and Hispanic descent. So when you are saying that, um, yeah, um, he loves black people. If he loved black people, he'd wear a mask because we're dying more than anyone else.
0: Yeah. Or he but would have denounced white, right. Or he'd denounce white supremacy on national TV. Well, I and mean, he wouldn't he... need to ask
1: what should I say?
0: Very good point. Yes.
1: He would, he would Tell me know, how that works. How do I say that? Yeah. The fact that he and he would know <sighs> who are who was problematic for us. If you if you love black people you know who the problems are yeah. for us. You know what our problems are. You know what our... You can't tell me that you love me and you care for me as a political leader, as my. As, but yet not know my problems and the things that right. are a
0: danger to me. Right, yeah. When he my, daughter that, sa- yeah. my daughter saw that and was like, isn't there a... Don't people realize there's a problem when the, the debate mediator had to even ask that question to the president? Yes, I mean,
1: exactly. The fact that it had to be asked. Right, so... But. Outside of that, let's say that Trump is the most, as he says, he is the least racist person that we'll ever know. Let's just say. Okay. And please do not take just this clip (laughs) and use it. Marcy says. No. I did not say that. I'm saying let's just say for sake of argument that he is actually that. Are you tired of the divisiveness that he stirred? Even if he is, let's say he is a great president, and we just, all of us people who are against him are just duped and don't know it. Aren't you tired of arguing about it? Don't you think that it would be better to have someone who doesn't cause such visceral reaction? Right? Yeah. Because that is the problem. There's there's such a visceral reaction to him. We don't need that in a president. A president is meant to unify. That is the difference between every other racist president that we've had (laughs) and Trump. Yeah. I mean, even Jefferson said that we need to do something about the slave problem. (laughs) You know, (laughs) he was a slave owner. So that doesn't make him a hero. That just makes him realize that, yeah, it couldn't continue. Even he knew that it couldn't continue. Right. Um, So I think the fact that we have a president who's saying there's no race problem, in fact, so much so that we are no longer doing any sort of training on it. In fact, we're not even going to talk about it in history. Right. Really problematic. And this is why I say I'm not okay and everyone else should not be okay as well. Because if this happens, the fact that he could give an executive order, okay, while people are dying of COVID, right? While the economy is just dwindling and people are losing jobs, which by the way, he he talked about people having stocks because he believes we all have stocks, not understanding that there are people who don't have stocks. So while all this is happening, he is creating an, while they can't decide on a stimulus bill for people who are losing their homes, their apartments, their jobs, their cars, whatever it is, people who are in dire need he is busily having meetings about how people, about the 1619 project in the Howard's Zen Something that happened, he's late to the party. It's already been out and published. We've already no. heard the podcast. We've already read And yet he's now trying to rein that right. in.
0: And that's what right? he's spending his time on and giving a speech at the Smithsonian against right. that and for his new, what is right. it? Patriotic education. That is patriotic so concerning. Patriotic
1: education is so concerning because what that sounds like is um, we need to raise a red lantern that's what that sounds like and it's very suspect so um,
0: I I watched that that speech live and I couldn't believe it
1: I had to read it. I read it that night, and I stayed up all night. And that's when I told I told Simon I need to take a break from the news because I'm just so distraught, and I don't know what. And it's not that the the thing that made it better for me is when I see historians, Black historians, um, like Ibram Kendi, who are just like, look, you can pass all the executive orders you want but it is written in history and we are living it yeah so you can you can write it all you want but the thing of it is is that he's talking about a history that isn't even being taught in schools he's writing an executive order to stop teaching a history that's never been taught i know
0: I know. I know. I know, Marcy. I mean and again that goes back to if you cannot be okay with this. Like I am
1: not okay with it. And none of us should be. And
0: even if it can't really happen that he can write that order or the, the fact that he's saying it again, we should not be we should so we should all be so disturbed and not okay with that.
1: And even if you are a person who is on the side of the president, you should be concerned because you should be able to learn your history however you feel you wanna learn it. And no one, the government should not be messing with state affairs on that or personal rights on that. It is as much your right to have an education at however you see fit, right? Because the only thing that's gonna happen with that, especially if you're a homeschooler, is that eventually um, other things that he doesn't like, women's history, (laughs) but other things that he just doesn't like. um, Bible studies could change because Lord forbid that someone tell him what the Bible really says yeah. And he decides that, oh, well, we're not going to study that. I'm going my executive order. We're not going to study that. Yeah. So while you guys are saying we want someone to protect our religious freedoms, you can't have a president who can only protect your religious freedoms and not the freedoms of everyone else. That's right. Because a president who does that eventually will sell out your religious freedoms. You That's need right. a president who cares about freedom, Period. And what you need to do as a Christian is understand that your God is big enough for somebody else's freedom yes. because the gospel never told us to go out and protect our freedom. It told us to go out and love our neighbors as we would love ourselves. It didn't tell us to go out and change people's minds it said, go love people, go love people. And if they're not wanting to receive this good news of love, then wipe your feet and keep, keep going. It doesn't say dig in harder. Jesus didn't say, okay, I'm going to send you out two by two. And when you get to someone's house and they don't want the message, you stay there and you <laughs> make sure that they take it. No, he said, if they don't want the message, keep it moving. Keep it moving. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about that. That is for God to take care of. Also, while we're talking about Jesus spreading the gospel, he made it very clear from the very time that he shows up in the temple his intentions are for the marginalized. When he reads from the scroll and he and, and he actually takes two scriptures and puts them together, when he reads from that scroll and he says that he's come to set the captives free, he is saying, I have come from these marginalized people. When he tells the Pharisees, I I came for the sick and not the wealth. When he tells the wealthy young man that it's hard for, you know, to sell all his possessions and follow him, and it's hard for a rich man to get through, to get to the kingdom of God, he is making it very clear where his loyalties lie. His loyalties lie with the image of God in the marginalized people. His loyalty is to his father. His duty is to to who who sent him. It, his duty is not to the temple. It, it's just not. And when he's offered the kingdom from Satan, and he's, the temptation is he can he's offered that kingdom, he makes it very clear his feelings about that. So when we are being tempted to say we need to protect our religious rights we are wasting the gospel. We are wasting the good news because you cannot love your neighbor and protect yourself. You can't, I mean, that's, that's why it says if they ask for your cloak, give them the second one. You know, and yet we're here like, nope, I need both cloaks and you need to also do as I say. So it's no wonder that we have young people who are running from the church. They're not running from Jesus. They're running from the church. And the fact that they see what's happening, they see this president, they see this administration, they see these protests, they saw the George Floyd video, and when they go to church and our church is silent, they are saying, I don't know what you've taught me. All this time, you told me that I'm supposed to love people. My neighbor, you sent me on all these mission trips. Well, here's a mission right here at our front door. And you're telling me that it's Marxist or socialist or all these kinds of things. It's so mind-blowing. It to is. Me.
0: It is, Marcy. It is so just dis- like, I've never felt so distraught. I know you feel the same way. Just so distraught <laughs> and disturbed. And yeah. we're coming in on election. And I think that's why, I mean, both of us didn't really want to get I know the intention of our Instagram or our voice was never to get, quote, political, but it's like the stakes are too high not to now. And I think that's why we both Mm -hmm. probably have become more vocal, that it's like you can't just be silent about this. And we have an election less than a month away. So what I mean, just like go ahead. Yeah
1: but what i also want to say about these elections is that even if we get a new president it's not going away right it's not over right in the same way that we people believe that because we had a black president that racism yes. is over yes. this does not end it this does not end it there's yes. still so much work to be done and i don't think that that as a christian i truly don't believe that my hope is in whoever is president i believe my hope is in a church that decides okay it's no longer about the offering plate it's about who needs lifting in this world it's about the marginalized people it's about loving it's about healing those people it's about coming together to be be the light Right in all these dark places, and not over in another country, which is what we love to do as Christians, but right here. right Right. here in this country. And there's darkness at the voter polls. Voter suppression is real. I am experiencing that right now because I moved from one state to this state. And let me tell you every day, there's some struggle to try to get myself a mail-in ballot. So voter suppression and how we educate our children, all these things are dark, Places. There are dark places right here. There are schools that need your attention right here. Yeah. And they yeah. don't need your attention as in you throw money, you send your kid to paint a wall. They need you to move into community and be in community. Yeah. But not as I'm going to bring my whiteness and take it over. That's so often is what happens. And right. then what ends up happening is that neighborhood then becomes an all-white neighborhood. That's right. what gentrification is. What we need are people who are willing to live low, like Jesus lived low and willing to say that i have enough and now i can do more but we don't we don't have that kind of a church we just don't have it we we don't we are so individual in our salvation individual in our practice we don't we don't have it and it's it's very distressing and i don't know how
0: we're gonna get there i mean i get overwhelmed thinking well how are we gonna get there but i think it's people like us demanding that from the church and not just sitting complacent and hearing the feel good messages and going on with the week. I mean, you know, you and I are both in a new spot of being in a new town and not having a home church yet, and we have the chance to be very selective, but we also need, people are in churches, they need to be demanding that and not just sitting there quietly. Not just sitting there quietly. There's so much, Marcy. There's so much, and I don't want to leave people overwhelmed, but I want people to realize that there's, there's so much that we shouldn't be okay with, and things have not just stopped because it's starting to get out of fashion to black squares or black lives matter. Like this is still
1: yeah. Jonathan Price is is the latest Uh, news story. And I haven't seen nearly as much. I haven't either. I
0: saw Letty post that. And then I was looking this morning and I was, I had a hard time finding information on it. And I was like, why is this not a bigger deal right now? Exactly. Exactly. And I I
1: personally am at the point where I'm just like, I don't, I don't know which is why when I wrote about Brianna I didn't put it in the, when I did the post the letter to my daughter about Brianna's death, I didn't make it like I'm talking about Brianna because right. I honestly didn't want that fix sort of thing where we where we need to be stunned into action. I want I don't want I don't want a bunch of likes just because a black person died. Right. Right. We have to get a. We have to get around that. We have to figure out a new way to know what's happening and not just. I don't know. I, I am exhausted. I know the importance of saying names. I'm exhausted of saying names to in a hollow, empty room.
0: Right. To have a cool hashtag. To just. Right. Yeah look exactly. at it as another name. I know. Exactly. In the letter you're talking about, I'll, I'll link that up on these show notes. You wrote a letter to your daughter and the blog post was, you remind me of her. And it's so, I printed it off here and I reread it again this morning, Marcy. It's, I think it's one of your most powerful, beautiful things you have written and I encourage everybody to read that we will link it up
1: um, appreciate it's that.
0: really just so it's very vulnerable too and heartfelt and the words that we all need to be reading and letting sink in and even if you don't have daughters or a black daughter we are all that's the thing is all, all daughters and sisters and God's children and we need to care deeply Amen. about this okay I told you we'd stick to an hour, Marcy, so I need to wrap up here. There's so much more. We didn't didn't get into Mockingbird History Lessons. Next time we'll talk about that, but I will link that up. You have Black Coffee with White Friends on Instagram and Mockingbird History Lessons, and Mockingbird's a Patreon account that I cannot recommend enough that you have lessons. I was looking at your October newsletter. You have history, real history lessons there, and just they're so beautifully written and relevant. Like you have your syllabus, but you're like, this is really subject to change because you're wanting to interweave it with what's going on. And I also saw, so with that, you're doing, you have the book club.
1: We have a reading club for Mockingbird. We've always had it, but we've only done one. And that's just my fault just being so busy. We do a quarterly reading and it's usually an article. It's not, it's not a book. Okay. It's just gonna be it's a reading group and it's just an article and we discuss it on Goodreads.
0: So your next reading club is gonna meet on October twenty third and you have all of that information and again folks get access to that when they sign up for any Patreon level on Mocking Free History Left. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then your writing on Black Coffee with White Friends is all free. Marcy, anything else you wanna say? I just feel like you've you've given us so much. I just wanna make sure if there's anything else that you wanna end on that I've given you the space and Centered your voice to be heard.
1: You know, I probably have a million things I want to say, but what what I want for people to do is to not to not allow your discouragement to turn into um, paralysis. It's easy to to be so to look at this race thing and just go, "Well, it's, you can't fix it," especially if you are a person who is not uh, not a person of color, but it affects white people too so when legislation doesn't get passed for black people that doesn't happen for white people too so there's no universal health care for black people there's no universal health care for white people so a lot of times white people have believed that their vote is is only affecting black people or, or marginalized people or people that they don't know but truthfully it affects everyone like good education is good for society as a whole. So think on that level that don't become despairing because you you can't fix racism. No one can fix racism. We can all make less impact of racism in this world. Right. We definitely can do that. That's right. possible.
0: Okay Marcy, one last question. I'm gonna let you go. Because you always put an importance on finding joy in something. So tell yeah. me what even though we're both distraught and low levels of energy at times and a hard space in life what are what's bringing you joy right now i have to know
1: oh god anything tell me tell me
0: that you're not down like you have nothing right now
1: well before getting into all this i worked in design i worked doing um um home i wasn't a home designer but i loved working in boutiques and i love home design and all that stuff and um, I was a wedding designer for a while, so I've always worked in that realm. So having this beautiful new apartment, um, that's a condo. It's actually a, I don't know what age it is, but we're renting a condo that's just so gorgeous. And 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 buying things for that and and planning for. We're old, so <laughs> Simon and I are. We're buying the furniture that we're like, this is the this is the chair our grandchildren will sit on. This is, you know, like, yeah, that's how we're looking at life right now. <laughs> So that's been fun. And exploring Hyde Park is the most gorgeous neighborhood. Like walking around um, the University of Chicago and all the trees and the the stunning architecture that has been bringing me so much joy. So and I started running again. That have you? Good. I hurt my I hurt my foot. So I don't know.
0: okay, <laughs> that's <laughs> like, okay. You have joy in other things. Walking good, like yeah. And yeah. fall, like there's so much joy in fall right oh,
1: now. There's so much <sighs> joy. And one other like silly thing that I love, and this is not a commercial, because I know you guys have heard of as commercial, but I know that um, Andrea doesn't get anything for these podcasts, y'all. I get nothing. So, <laughs> and I do but um but we signed up for Hello Fresh. Um, you did? Okay. Been, oh my gosh, it is the thing that I hate it most about, I love cooking. I mean, I worked in restaurants for years okay. and, and did love the whole restaurant industry, would definitely call myself a foodie, but um, I hate coming up with what we're gonna have for dinner. So I signed us up for HelloFresh and it's so fun because we get these meals and you get the recipe card and we, we all pick like which recipe we're gonna cook. So I'm not cooking all the time. And it has been the big, like, excitement on Monday when we get our box. We're like, ooh, the (laughs) box. is!" That's
0: awesome. I need to think about doing that. Because, see, I actually don't like to cook, but I am so, like, not creative. I like your idea of rotating out to who cooks and everything like that. So, I like that. You know what?
1: Because it's set up that anyone who can hold a knife and turn on an oven and turn on a stove can do it. Okay. everyone can participate
0: we need fun new things right now with covid and isolation so Amen. Um, and i will say again hello fresh we do not get we're <laughs> not an ad yeah. we're, not, we're not getting do paid any, yeah like fact,
1: i'm gonna say do any yes. find a meal plan out there there are many out there yeah i'm not i'm not sold on hello fresh it's just the one it's I'm just trying the one you're right doing now. right now because there but are a lot I'm here to tell you there's um, blue apron there's some other one called earth balance or something like that I know but there are loads of them if you are tired and also you're not going to restaurants you're not having that try it that's a great idea
0: because our food budget is not what it used to be on restaurants so this is a great idea so i'm going to bring up one other thing with the crate if we're on that note i don't know you might have seen the post i did on that girls can crate that is the best little thing but i just like bringing my daughter Joy every month. We've only gotten one, but me too, like learning with her about African-American women. I mean, they have a lot of BIPOC women that they feature and a little experiment or craft that goes with it. So that is another monthly crate thing. Where we're yeah. stuck at home to look into for your kids. And again, I know there's a lot of those out there, but this is one that I stumbled across their page because they were featuring yes. different women's stories. And I was like, yes. I got to find out more cool. about this. So, okay. So that's what we're our saying is everyone get some happy mail. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> there's way more than Pay Amazon. Okay. Happy mail. Pay for happy mail. <laughs> that's right. And with that, Girls Can Create, a black woman is one of the founders of it. And so I'm trying to yeah. be more intentional about supporting companies that yeah. uh, Black women, and she is, and so I'm like in a small companies too. So those are our plugs. Those are the plugs yep. for Joy. Sign up, get yourself That's some right. deliveries. Okay, <laughs> all right, Marcy, I love you, and I thank you so much. This has been a long conversation, Aww. and you've shared a lot with us. Aww, thank you. Always a pleasure. I know we've covered some hard and emotional topics in this episode, so I truly thank you for listening and centering Marcy's voice. As Dr. Shaniqua Walker-Barnes says, if we truly want to address racism in this country, we have to move the voices of black women from margin to center. As always, all the mentions in this episode, as well as where to find and connect with Marcy, can be found in the show notes at HerStorySpeaks.com.